Wherever you listen throughout the world, it's football time in Tennessee. He throws into the end zone. It's caught. It's caught by Isaiah Bond. Touchdown, Alabama. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Oh, Lord. Going to be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. Pitches it back to Wycheck. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. 30, He's 40, got something. 50, He's got it. 40, He's got 40, it. 20, 10, He's got 5, it. End zone. Touchdown, Titans. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. This is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour with your host, Drake Colley. And good Thursday afternoon to you and Happy New Year. And thank you for joining us here on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake in the studio with Big Lou Maddox on the board. And uh, like I said, it's Thursday, January 4th. I hope all of you had a very safe and terrific New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Made some resolutions that are realistic to keep to improve your life and those lives of others around you moving forward. And uh, as we on Monday uh, did not record the show, being that it was New Year's Day, but we were able to stay at home and watch some terrific football. And uh, the Vols kicked it off. With a win, with a Citrus Bowl win, as they took care of business against the Iowa Hawkeyes, thirty-five to nothing. Yeah, technically, Dre, we were we were still working on Monday because you know we're gathering information to make this show even better. Yes, and that's what's so wonderful about about doing a sports show is you just get to sit around and watch sports all the time. It's your and, job, uh, or watch Sports Center and get caught up if you've had to do some honeydew stuff around the house and not able to watch the games. You can watch Sports Center and get caught up. But uh, for the most part, uh, we watched, I know Big Lou's UT fan, watched all of the Iowa game. I did not get to see all of the Iowa game. But it looks like Tennessee didn't have much of a problem as Nico Iomaliava. Is that close enough? That was great. Okay. You've been practicing. Um, Went 12 for 19 for a touchdown as far as passing. And he rushed 15 times. For 27 yards and three TDs. And the reason he was in is because Milton, uh, Joe Milton the third, the Tosta, declared for the NFL draft. And um, so they stuck in the super frosh, Nico. And uh, Nico had three rushing TDs. Like I said, he went 15 for 27 on rushing, three rushing TDs. Backup running back Dylan Sampson, had 20 rushing attempts for 133 yards. That's a good day. His backup, Cameron Seldon, went 13 attempts for 55 yards. Sophomore and a freshman right there, and freshman yes. at quarterback, too. There you go. Young young squad played. That's right. 
Uh, Iowa quarterback Deacon Hill went seven for 18 for 56 yards, two interceptions. He got sacked four times, and he had 31 yards for losses. Lost a fumble on one of those sacks as well. Quarterback Marco Linez went two for seven for four yards. Uh, but now he was more effective running the ball, Linez was, for six rushes for 51 yards. He was the leading rusher for Iowa's football team. Yeah, when they, when they benched Deacon Hill, that, I mean, that dude looked like Ben Roethlisberger. He was huge, uh-huh. like real real big. And they brought in Linez and obviously a more athletic guy. and It hurt us a little bit. but Iowa had three turnovers. One was a pick six. Was that correct yes. on that? Okay. Yes, James Pierce. Um, thus the three touchdowns by – Nico, and then the other touchdown by James Pierce. James Pierce, yes. Yep. Okay, made equals thirty-five plus extra points. Do we have the uh, Do we have the over/under on that? Because I know I think you had it at twelve to five of a Tennessee win, which I mean wasn't a terrible <coughs> take. Um, the over/under wound up being thirty-six points, so it wow. went it went under. Wow. By uh, in some places with thirty-six and a half, so it basically went under by a point. Yeah. Um, with Iowa not scoring. Iowa had 11 first downs to Tennessee's 25. Iowa had 173 yards to Tennessee's 383. Uh, Iowa had 66 passing yards. Tennessee had 151. Um, next year, Tennessee is a 25-1 to has 25 to 1 odds on winning the national title next year. 25 to 1 for any of you early betters that are excited and and you should be excited about Nico. He looked he looked pretty good. Looked great. Didn't make any mistakes. I mean, you know. He looked he, like a, I mean, he, he was just so composed. He looked like a senior. Okay. Looked like he had just been there for a very long time. In the Fiesta Bowl, um number 13 undefeated Liberty got pounded by number 8, 11 and 2. Oregon, 45-6. to six. Bo Nix just went berserk in that game. Liberty scored first. Thought they had a chance there early. Yeah. It just they put, yeah. slipped away very, very quickly. Uh, that just showed you the different grades. You know, there's there, there's yeah. different grades. Kind of like horse racing. You know, when you move from a grade C racer and move them up to a grade A race, no matter how many grade C races that horse has won, when you move that horse up two grades to a grade A race, more than likely, that grade C winner is going to have a very tough time. And uh, Conference USA to uh, the Fiesta Bowl I mean, is that's right. a great example So that's of what that. you get. Yeah. Um, in the ReliaQuest Bowl, number 13, LSU hung on without their Heisman Trophy winner, um, Mr. Daniels, to beat Wisconsin 35-31. to That's a good game. Yeah, that was, game. A, that was comeback. a pretty good game. Now, the CFP final is set. The college football playoffs are the final for the national title for this year's set as number one seed 13-0 Michigan, uh, who beat Alabama in the Rose Bowl on Monday, uh, is a four-and-a-half-point favorite over number two 13-0 Washington. And uh, the over-under in that game is 55 and, uh, you know, th- the committee got it right. Greatest CFP semifinal yeah, two I mean, games ever. I mean, you know what the, you know, you know what the, you know what the committee did for all the belly aching and crying and moaning that was going on 
down in the state of Florida and Georgia or wherever else you found find those fans sprinkled across the, the globe, is that the committee did what they were charged to do, and that was get the best four teams into the college playoffs, seed them, put them up against each other, and then have the two winners of those semifinals play in the finals. And I tell you what, if you if you're gonna who who else could you have put in there and gotten a better result no, as far as a game have. the overtime game between Alabama Michigan and the uh, the final ending thrilling yeah. in end of the Texas Washington game now um, in the Rose Bowl in overtime Michigan held on uh, scored first in overtime as they got the ball first Alabama won the won the coin flip decided. Right like most teams, to go on defense first. Um, Alabama gave up the touchdown early. They could not answer when they got the ball back. They got the ball down fourth and goal from the three and ran up what I thought was a pretty uh, predictable play from from Tommy Reese up the middle. Now I know. And look, I I, I know Milrow. Earlier in the game, there are times that Milrow ran up the middle Got some good, got some good yardage. Scored, scored. Uh, matter of fact, set up a couple of scores there with his running up the middle. That necessarily was not the the play design, you know. And, and now the and I know the Michigan players, you know, they after the game was over, we knew they were going to give the ball to. You know, we knew they were going to give it to Milrow. They knew we number four was going to get it. And then of course there were some questions about Milrow and where he went with the ball directly up the middle when he was kind of – the play was set up to block on the left-hand side of the center. Um, And believe me, the whole play started off with another crappy snap from center. I don't know. Caleb McLaughlin. He's gone, by the way. Transfer. Okay. Well, I mean – And that was announced, I think, two days after that game happened. I bet that was a forced transfer. I mean, I don't (laughs) – I mean – that's all. That's all season that that's been a problem. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't get it. I don't. I don't understand unless unless Mr. McLaughlin was just flustered with the 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 nose tackle of Michigan. He, and matter of fact, he must uh, be a fantastic I, blocker. I was listening. No I was listening to a broadcast, and they were talking about that the nose tackle, one of the defensive linemen there towards the end of the game, was just trying to carry on a conversation with McLaughlin, saying, "Hey." What's going on, man? He wasn't really messing with him. He just saying, "What's wrong with you? What?" That so probably you know, got in his head, what, even if he what wasn't are you trying doing? to. What are you doing? You, you, why? Why are you snapping the ball away? You sna- yeah. And he said McLaughlin would not engage him, would not talk to him about that. Now, um, you know the Rose Bowl. I look. I, everybody knows I'm, I'm an Alabama guy. I've got on an Alabama shirt right, right now. now. But I'm, I'm going to tell you. Um, Yes, I was very disappointed. But football is a game of opportunities that you take advantage of or opportunities that you lose or you give the other team opportunities to take advantage of the situation, be it early in the game or late in the game or in the middle of the game. They add up. Michigan, Michigan muffed the fumble and gave Alabama the ball for their first score on the on the thirty five yeah. yard line with a thirty four yard run by Jace McGlellan. It was tremendous. It was great. All Alabama was joyous. 
Uh, Alabama takes uh, a 20-13 to 13 lead. Uh, they, they come out second half. Michigan touches the ball the first four times, gets 44 yards the first four times they touch the ball combined. Uh, there towards the end of the game, Milrow tries to make a play around the left end, doesn't switch the ball over to his left arm to protect it from the defender. The defender ridges there, knocks it out. Michigan falls on it at midfield. They drive down the field and tie the ball game up. And, and up until that point, it was right. I thought it I mean, was over. Up until that point, I would think a lot of Michigan typical, fans felt it was over. It was a typical Alabama victory. I mean, I feel as though I felt as though if Alabama just if they go go just to fourth down and punt the ball away, handle their and, business and yeah. pump it, pump, punt it deep into Michigan territory, Michigan didn't have enough time to get back down the field and score against Alabama's defense. But it didn't turn out that turn out that way. Michigan won the ball game. Congratulations to the Wolverines. I hope that I hope that they, they not have to do any any form of cheating or stealing to get to that point. I hope not. You know, uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh is the one. Jim Harbaugh is the one that came out and said uh, that. Let me read. It's a quote. This is a quote by Jim Harbaugh. It's almost been an unfair advantage. All the things that this team has gone through, an unfair advantage. In other words, the other team were at an advantage because of – Because they cheated? Because – the yeah. I mean, only a bonehead like Jim Harbaugh. He says, we don't care anymore. We don't care what people say. So if people call you a cheater and, you know, I, I guess – and you get caught red-handed, I guess you don't care anymore, Jim. You don't don't care about anything that comes up. We just know we're going to overcome it. You know, and the bad thing, think about it is, Coach Harbaugh, you brought it all upon yourself. Had you not gone to the lengths and the extent that to send people like Connor Stallions around the Big Ten to steal signs and signals and decode, uh, you know, a very intricate program, like you did, then your team wouldn't be put at the so-called advantage. It's a poor excuse, Mr. Hallball. Doesn't matter. You're, We're gonna don't worry and be happy though. You're better than that. This is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I'm Drake. He's Big Lou. We'll be right back. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. In every life we have some. This is Coach Traders Golf from Columbia Central High School Football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. 
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Hi, this is Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Here is what some of our customers are saying about us. Great people. The place to shop for fair prices and great craftsmanship. Beautiful vintage and custom jewelry. Thank you, Beth. That is our goal. Stop by and see for yourself. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. Owned and operated by Rick, custom designer and Carrie registered gemologist. Assuring you the best jewelry value and expert services. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood, along with the award-winning service and advice Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled. But then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the -the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Surex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. 
Debbie Matthews grew up and lives in beautiful Columbia, Tennessee. As a realtor, she is well-versed in homes, neighborhoods, development, and schools. She wants to share her love of her home state with others to help them find just the right place to raise a family, open a business, or develop a dream. From luxury listings to land, she can handle it all. She is the current leading producer, Nashville Realty Group. Contact Debbie Matthews Realtor at 615-476-3224. That's 615-476-3224. This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM-FM, Columbia, Tennessee. We'll make you weep. You'll cry and cry and try to sleep. But sleep won't come the whole night through. Your And welcome back into the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful Thursday, January 4th, 2024. I've got Big Lou Maddox in the studio with me. And we were just talking about Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. And Jim Harbaugh saying that uh, basically, all the talk about the signal stealing scandal that's been going on for possibly three years plus that involved Michigan, Michigan opponents, possible Michigan opponents, or, or, or teams that were ahead of Michigan in the college football playoffs that Michigan wanted to knock off, such as the Tennessee Vols against South Carolina last year that Michigan fed South Carolina the Tennessee Vols signals. Thus, a 24-point underdog like South Carolina beat the Vols 63-38 to and cost them possibly a trip to the CFP that year, college football playoffs, without, without, having, without Tennessee having to play in the, SC, in the SEC championship game. Do you see what I mean? I mean, yeah. they would have made it without having to play. That's right. Yeah. And so Jim Harbaugh, when asked about it, basically says that he feels as though his team was put at a disadvantage because of all they've had to go through because of because of this. It, they haven't gotten an advantage from stealing signals from Northwestern, Michigan State, Penn State. Breaking you know, news, it's, it's a disadvantage to cheat now. Right. I think it's Crazy. a little bit of advantage knowing whether the, yeah. the opposing team's going to blitz or not. You know, if they're going to run, throw. Or whatever the deal is. Anything. Just like the cheating Houston Astros. If you know a fastball's coming, if you know if a curve's coming, change up, whatever it is. You're going nowhere you're, to swing. You're in an advantage as a batter. Yep. Yeah. So, anyway, that's what's going on. Michigan and Washington – Meet up Monday night, this coming Monday night, 6.30, probably when the pregame starts. And uh, Michigan's around a four-point favorite with a 55 total. And I think you all know who I'm pulling for. Doesn't make any difference who I'm pulling for, but you know, understand who I'm pulling for. And probably most of the country, I would imagine, is probably going to be pulling for Washington as they played as Michael Penix Jr. paid a terrific 
Paul game. Uh, however, it was not over until triple zeros hit the scoreboard. I mean, I couldn't Texas, believe it. Texas had the last shot. I'm, and I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't pay much attention to the game. I was still trying to catch my breath from the Alabama-Michigan game. So I kind of understandable. Kind of took a break from football, didn't watch that whole game, didn't didn't stay up and watch the end of that ball game because it started so late. I know, yeah. What well, it started late. so late for? Was it, was it around 8? 8.45, quarter, yeah. I mean, 9 o'clock, let's say. And that's in that's in New Orleans, Louisiana is when that game started. Now, had the game been in the Rose Bowl, <laughs> you know, two hours later, it would have been a 6.45, right. 7 o'clock start out there. But because they played, started the Rose Bowl at the time they did, it ran over with overtime and everything else, like most football games do. And then it pushed the Sugar Bowl start back to 8.45 Central, 9.45 Eastern. Kind of a lot of scheduling mishaps went on with, the, with I these mean, I don't, these I, don't I don't get it. Which teams played in which game, what times the game started. Didn't I mean, make a lot of sense. To why? Me. Why do the Rose Bowl game? Why does the Rose Bowl have to have one and four? I mean, I know they kind of rotate this thing. I get it, but I mean, depending on who makes the CFP, and you say, okay, we're going to use the Rose Bowl, and we're going to use the Sugar Bowl. Depending on who makes the CFP, the CFP can say, look, we're going to put the most geographically common sense teams in their region for their fan base and everyone to get to, and then. And even and and to watch on TV. Imagine the Washington State people wanting to watch the game. Start the game through the Rose Bowl on the left coast, starting at a decent time to watch it instead of, you know, I don't know. Instead of start starting, that would have been when they what, did. On, on it's the, just on the east, it's on just a head scratch. I don't understand. It seems like the networks are. A- Ten o'clock start are smarter than the, what they what they really are, but I, I guess you know. I mean, if, if they cared about you know what college football is all about and the fan experience, then they probably would take those suggestions into consideration. But they don't. They just care about TV ratings. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, the Titans' last game of the year is going to be this Sunday in Nashville as they take on the visiting Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, the 9-7 Jaguars will visit Nashville. And I, I'm assuming that Easter Island, uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to play. I mean, this is a big game. If Jacksonville wins, uh, they, win. they win the AFC South. Yeah. And so, you know, and among all of these last playoff clinching scenarios of – of this weekend, 16 games, 13 of these games have impact, some impact on the playoff picture coming up. So that's good for the NFL, even though there are a lot of teams uh, that are just resting their players and, and are pretty much locked into their position, a few teams that is. but uh, And if Jacksonville loses, it goes to Houston and Indianapolis Saturday night. In a, in a primetime matchup, whoever wins That's, that well, game. I mean, well, it, well Saturday, night, Saturday night, the first game is, is Indianapolis and uh, Houston play each other. The winner clinches a playoff spot, period. Okay, okay. That's how that goes. And then Sunday, Jacksonville and the Titans will play each other in Nashville. Gotcha. So, um, you know – 
there's some head coaches right now. and Well, I'll tell you, two head coaches have done a terrific job is D'Amico Ryans for the Texans in his first year and Shane Steichen? Steichen. Steichen for um, the Indianapolis Colts. Those guys have just done terrific. He's the, it, uh, Steichen was the, the great offensive coordinator for Philly the last couple of years. Okay. Took him to a Super Bowl. And then D'Amico Ryans was uh, defensive coordinator in, in San Francisco so Saturday, the past few years. Saturday night, the winner of Houston Indy goes to the, makes the playoffs. Now, the Texans will have C.J. Stroud back and uh, rookie linebacker Will Anderson Jr. Um, plus, the winner wins, like I said, the AFC South if the Jags lose to the Titans. That's what the deal is, the winner right. of the Indy-Houston game. But whoever wins regardless is in a wild card spot. That's right. That's exactly right. Tampa Bay uh, and Carolina are playing each other. Now, Carolina is 2-14, and 14, and the Bucks will win if Tampa – the Bucks uh, are in with a win. Now, if Tampa Bay loses, the winner of Atlanta and New Orleans wins NFC South. And the Saints uh, still have a wild card hope alive and that just depends on whether Green Bay and Seattle with a Green Bay win and Seattle loss. So there's some stuff going on there. But did you all did you hear about the owner, David Tepper, for uh the Carolina Panthers? Class act that guy is, isn't he? Well last Sunday or, or is he? Last Sunday the Carolina Panthers were at the Jacksonville Jaguars. And um, they got beat 26 to nothing, the Carolina Panthers did. And this is the team that David Tepper has owned over about six years. He bought it from, I think the guy's name was, uh, I can't remember what that guy's name was. But he was an owner of the Carolina Panthers, got caught in some sexual harassment stuff. Anyway, ended up selling the team. And um, so David Tepper and his group that own the Carolina Panthers, they're up in a luxury box there at Jacksonville Stadium. They've got the window open, and this that, there's video of this. Uh, the the box next to them were happened to be videotaping at the time, and uh, there's some Jacksonville fans just below the guy's box, sitting down there giving, and they they probably were saying some things rather loud and obnoxious and. You know, things and realize that the owner, the Carolina owner box was up above them. Well, right towards the end of the game, Tepper dumps a drink on them. I mean, throws it pretty aggressively. He throws it, the drink on the Jacksonville fans right there in front of the luxury box, slams a glass down on the bar on the way out. Um, and, you know, this is the owner of an NFL team, people. This is, I mean, I, I I don't care if I don't care if it's the opposing team's fans or, I mean, really, he needs to behave even more of a gentleman, being that he's at an away stadium. Yeah, you don't, you yeah, know, and those and regardless, those fans probably knew that every opposing owner probably sits in that same box, but still, I mean, you got to keep your cool, man. Those the, Jacksonville fans probably do that to every owner that comes into that building, and he yeah. throws a drink. You know, this is a flat-out terrible way to behave, especially by the owner of an of NFL team. Especially when you're 2-14, you know, you've been here, you know, 14 times. 
You've no, lost 14 games. You know how to act when you lose. No, you know what's going to happen. The ultimate disrespect in a social setting is throwing your drink on somebody. Fights have been ignited over throwing drinks on people. It's one of the most disrespectful, non-physical things a human can do to another. Alcohol or any beverage with backwash all over a T-shirt or an expensive jersey ain't cool at all. It's just like spitting on somebody. Especially amid the power dynamics of the owner of an NFL team. Being not just a team owner, but also one of the most singularly richest people in America, and you feel it necessary to toss your drink onto an opposing fan. You know, just because, Mr. Tepper, you made the mistake of 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 giving Chicago a first your first round pick this coming year for Bryce Young and DJ inst- Moore. Inst- yeah. Don't forget it, DJ Moore. And instead of taking C.J. Stroud, who went second. So, I know know you're butthurt about that, Mr. Tepper, but too bad. Don't take it out on the Jacksonville fans as you're losing 26 to nothing. I wonder what kind of action is going to be handed down, you know, I mean, maybe he should be banned. He should be banned from all NFL games for at least a year. Any type of fine, three hundred. I mean, they fined Josh Allen twenty thousand dollars. They fined Josh Allen twenty thousand dollars for running in the end zone and pointing back at one of the Cincinnati defenders. Okay, he gets twenty thousand dollar fine for that. And you know, they're talking about well, maybe you know, three hundred thousand dollar fine for Tepper. That's nothing to a billionaire. Mm-mm. Nope. You know, keep his butt out of the NFL games for a year. That is unacceptable behavior by an owner, and just not only by an owner, but but just by a person. And the NFL says, well, you know, we really don't have anything to say about it at this time. We're aware of the video and have no further comment at this time. You should. The Panther, the Panthers organization de- declined to comment. You hand out fines left and right, and you hand down comments very quickly on you know things you know, that really shouldn't even be talked about. But this is and it's understandable going to be look by the wayside. It's understandable. See why the Panthers have had so many head coaches in the brief time Tepper is on the team with his antics in public. I mean, you know, come on NFL, come on owners. You guys can do better, you know. I don't, you know. That's about. That's all I've got to say about that. This is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake with Big Lou right here in the studio. Give us three, four minutes. We'll be right back. ready for a shopping experience like no other at Old School Vapor. We carry a huge selection of disposables from Kato Bar, Viho, Raz, Lost Mary and Breeze. We've got it all. Enjoy a whopping 35% off your entire e-liquid purchase, 20% off everything else. Plus, discover the largest legal cannabis selection in the state. Along with a variety of Kratom, Kava, and Glass products, check us out at OldSchoolVapor.com. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. 
Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. We have advertised with WKRM and WKOM for the past several years and found it to be very successful. I highly recommend advertising with them if you have a local business like ours. We're located at 1608 Hatcher Lane here in Columbia. We're open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6 and Saturdays from 8 to 2. Stop by Holland's for all your prescription needs where we have fast, friendly, courteous service. We custom fit support hosts for you also. Thanks for supporting Holland's and WKRM and WKOM. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. 
This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years, and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Back in the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, I am Drake, joined in the studio by Big Lou on the board, and we were just discussing David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina 2-14 Carolina Panthers that dumped his drink on a Jacksonville fan last weekend, got video of it, not a conspiracy theory, it's for real, it happened, so it's... There's no doubt about it. Now we'll just see if the NFL will step up to the plate and do what's right, which I feel is banned that owner from all NFL functions, games for a year. Now, uh, something else the NFL has done that might get fans wet under the collar or heated, whatever you want to call it, Um. You all remember the end of the Detroit Lions Dallas Cowboy game where they ran the two point conversion and the two the two linemen went up to the official um, and reported. Let's just go ahead and Brad say Brad Allen was the was the white cap. He was the head, white hat. He was the head official. They went to him, and we don't know what he said. They don't have mics, but why go to him if if you no? He reported. I mean, why why do you go? Why do those two linemen go to the official? And report. That's the only reason. Is to that's the only reason to talk to them. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> supposedly, Allen and his crew that made that blunder that gave took the went away from Detroit and gave it to Jerry Jones and his Dallas Cowboys, which for some reason is called America's team. They're not my team. At home, I don't, on I don't prime know time. why. I, the Braves are called the America's team. They're, you know, I like the Braves are okay, but they're not America's team. No. Nor the Dallas Cowboys. But they find necessary to label themselves as that, market themselves as that. But anyway, um, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, Brad Allen and his officiating crew that blew the end of the Dallas Detroit game have been assigned to officiate Saturday night's nationwide television televised game between Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Uh, that's fair, right? That's fair, huh? You, you so, make the worst call of, of the of the season and you get put on primetime. Yeah. It makes a whole lot of sense. So after reports had come out that, that they were going to be demoted as 
accrue. I heard I heard that they were going to be you know banned from the playoffs this year. That crew, well, but apparently not. They're going to be working the nationally televised game Saturday night between Baltimore and uh, who was it? Baltimore and the Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Okay, so there you go, Brad Allen. Congratulations. The same crew back in week 13 missed a key pass interference call against the Green Bay Packers. Against the Chiefs in Lambeau. Uh, that's yeah. right. On uh, Valdez Scantling. That, that, exactly Would right. Would have been a game winning touchdown. The exact same crew. Yeah. Uh, and Brad you know, Allen is that, that crew is one of the, the more veteran crews in the league. And it just, uh, like you said, Schefter for ESPN reported Sunday that Allen and his crew were being downgraded. For the playoffs, due to recent mistakes, which is, makes it more interesting why that Allen and his company are being given a national assignment just one week after such a consequential. So they have missed been, it. They have been taken out of the playoffs. They said, "Well, no, no that, whatever downgraded means whatever downgraded for the playoffs." But given, but but in week eighteen, they're given a nationally televised game with Pittsburgh with, fighting yeah, for a playoff spot. Yeah. Everyone, you know, buckle up, as I like to tell you. We're going to be and talking about you, something else and put next you, Monday. And put your boots on. Yeah. Because the NFL poop is getting really deep. Oh, I'm just, I'm, you know, I don't I don't know how else to put it. Well, I tell you what, the Titans aren't aren't doing too well, but those Nashville Predators, buddy, are the real deal. They sure are. They are now uh, – they've got a little short two-game winning streak – alive as the NHL approaches the halfway mark of 82 games. They're moving up right until their to their 39th, 40th game. And the Preds are 21-16-1. And, and they won uh, Saturday night in Washington against the Capitals. They won 3-2 in overtime as the uh, young Russian goalie for the Predators, and his name. Let me make sure I get his name right because he's this got will be the, this will be fun. Yeah, it should be Yaroslav Oskarov okay? from Russia. From Russia, he got his second start and got his first NHL win as he had 27 saves behind two early goals by Luke Evangelista, and it looks like oh Roman Yossi. I can't read my handwriting. Um. So, but they ended up going into overtime, um, and uh, the young Russian goalie Oskarov held off two one-on-one attempts, one by Ovechkin, and uh, the other by the Russian Kuznetsov, which is one of the best players for in the NHL and obviously for the Washington Capitals. But uh, it's you know it's promising when you could have Saros. And give Saros a break and bring in this young Russian goalie. And you know, and I'm just telling you, goalies is where it's all at. You yeah, get it's, you get on a you get on a heater with a goalie at, around playoff time. The hockey team and doesn't he can, score, you win. He can you know? carry the whole team on his back. I swear it to God he can. And it's it's so great to have because it's kind of reminded me of how Saros was for Pecorine in the later years of his career. I'm not saying that Saros is you know, anywhere near getting old right now. He's still very, very young, but they can't play all 82 games, at, you know, at goalie. you got to have some rest. So, um, 
it's great that uh, that the Russian guys coming in there. I'm not going to Oskarov. Yeah, Oskarov. There you Oskar. go. Yaroslav. 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 Oskarov. Yamaliava. That kind of it kind of has a little ring to it. I like that. Got to pay more attention to that guy. Then, yeah. so they won three to two in overtime at the Capitals. Uh, that was this past Saturday night. Tuesday night, two days ago, they won three zero in Nashville, and that was against the uh, who were they playing that night? Well, don't have that written down. But anyway, they won. They won two nothing. They've got and tonight, uh, the Calgary Flames come into Nashville. Um, and that's a seven o'clock puck drop. So, make we'll your way up there. Probably ab- be a fun game to watch. Absolutely, It'd be great. I love going to Predators games. Oh, me too. They're a lot of fun. They are. It's they just sure a, are. you know, it's just something about being in there that around that ice rink. It's just a di- different atmosphere. It's a different kind of feel. You know what I mean? They, they beat the Blackhawks on Tuesday. Okay, that's three correct. to nothing. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. They won three to nothing. Uh, in Nashville against the Blackhawks on Tuesday. So they got a little mini winning streak going together, going on right here before the halfway point of the NHL season. Um, And they're in sole possession of fourth place in the Central Division of the Western Conference. So – even if even if that record was flipped to sixteen and twenty one instead of twenty one and sixteen, they'd still be exceeding expectations. There you they're go. playing terrifically. And, and if and if you're not a hockey fan right now and you've never really paid much attention to it, neither was I until I went and watched a game. And it changed my perspective completely go. on the sport. It's so fun. There you go. So fun. So fun. And the beer is ice cold. And they, and they went to the Stanley Cup that And year. the popcorn is really good. I really love uh, Bridgestone Arena's popcorn. It's good. Good stuff. Now, um, let's finish up a little NFL news. Black Monday. Do you know what Black Monday is, Big Lou? Black Monday? It's kind it's of the Monday, from me. It's the Monday that follows the regular season. Yeah. Okay. So, this coming Monday, when the regular season is done, before the playoffs start, that's when all these coaches start to get their pink slips. Um and their jobs, you know, taken. They start have the to way look it goes. In, start have to look. Well, they have to look somewhere else for a job. And if you're Frank Wright, you don't have to worry about that because David well, Tepper, you fired. David Tepper fired you. In, that's in week exactly eight. right. David Tepper, the drink throwing <laughs> owner of uh, of the Carolina Panthers, Tipper tantrum baby, um, has already fired Frank Reich uh, from from the Carolina Panthers. Um, and also the Las Vegas Raiders have already f- fired this year, Josh McDaniels. And Brandon Staley has been let go by the Los Angeles Chargers. Two GMs have been let go. The Chargers and the Raiders have both fired their general managers. Uh, now, who else may be unemployed come Black Monday evening? And I tell you what, Washington Commander head coach Ron Rivera, who's a super nice guy, but he might be out the door. And the one and only, the GOAT, or the GOAT's head coach. Which one is it? Nah, he's, 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 he's the best New head England's coach. head coach, Bill Belichick, could be looking for greener pastures somewhere else rather than uh, freezing his old tail off up there at I've heard, Gillette I've heard, Stadium. I've heard reports <laughs> that he's getting some interest in the uh, NFC South region. 
of uh, of the world. Not sure really? which team, but someone in the NFC South is trying well, you know, to allure him. Tom went, you know, the goat went to the Bucks, right? And Todd Bowles is down there, previously a defensive coordinator for, to Bruce Arians. Maybe they make that switch back. Hmm. Chicago at Green Bay this weekend. If Green Bay wins, they're in. You know, they just last weekend, Green Bay went to Minnesota and just throttled. Yeah. Nick Mullins, uh, backup quarterback for Kirk Cousins at Minnesota and just throttled Minnesota. They had to win that game and win uh, this weekend at home against Chicago. If only you had a game changer like Josh Dobbs in there to help you out for Minnesota. <laughs> Well, I'm just messing with you. Know, Josh had it, you know, Josh he did, had it. He did. Hey, he, he had he his a, 15 minutes. You know what I'm saying? I mean, little, little Lynn Sandy. I'm going to say there. Josh had his 45 minutes of fame. Not a lot of people just get 15 minutes. Yeah, he had three weeks, so 15. But I'm going to say, know. I'm going to say Josh had 45 minutes of fame until they put the hook on him and jerked his butt out of that game and put in Nick Mullins. Yeah. And it didn't make any difference. They still lost. So, you know, that's the way it goes. Now, basketball wise, what about those Vols, guys? I mean, the Vols, they're they're kicking Iowa's butt in football, and they're just stomping Nor- Norfolk State. They just took Norfolk State out to the what we call the proverbial woodshed and whipped the living beans out of them. Hey, and Nor- Norfolk State has been to the NCAA tournament a couple times in the past three or four years. I'm not, they're I'm, not a terrible I'm just team. Saying, and they're I'm, nine and you're six. You're acting like I'm saying no, 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 sarcastically. I'm just saying. No, no, no. I'm just saying. They whoop Norfolk State like nobody's business, and they start the SEC schedule this coming Saturday in Knoxville against number 22 Ole Miss, who is – what's their record, Big Lou? 13-0. 13-0. That game tips off at 5 o'clock Saturday as the number five Vols – Balls are ten and three, by the way, still number five. Well, but all those losses came out of the top five, so that's right. That why that's why it doesn't hurt the balls to play that tough schedule early, or any other team to play oh. that really tough schedule early in the season. It's just going to make you better. It weathers you. The balls might not lose another game, it's and possible. I'm talking all the way to the national title, baby. What it's do you think possible. about that? I like I like your enthusiasm. They got the best European team. It. They got the best Europe Euro team in college basketball. That's you're not wrong. I mean, I'm telling you. They, they call us an everything school, Drake. I don't you know. There you go. And you can listen to the Vols and Ole Miss at 5 o'clock Saturday on 103.7 FM, our sister station to 101.7. Just two clicks up will be 103.7 and the Vols at 5 o'clock Saturday. And you can listen to Alabama basketball on 101.7 as they are at Memorial Coliseum in Nashville on West End against the Vanderbilt Commodores and the poor Vanderbilt Commodores and Jerry Stackhouse. I just don't know how much longer that relationship can last. It's time for him that, and the suits to go. That game starts at 2.30, and you can listen to it right here on 101.7 FM. I am Drake for Big Lou Maddox. It is Thursday. We're back on tomorrow. Talk a little bit more. Hope you join us. This is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. And we'll talk at you tomorrow.